Hi, I'm Wendy Merchant, founder and executive director of STEM Blazers, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. STEM Blazers is a nonprofit organization that works with middle school and high school girls to inspire them to visualize themselves in science, technology, engineering, and math. Today's episode is hosted by Madison and Katiefer, and they will be speaking with Lauren Kirschbaum. Lauren is a civil engineer with Core Consultants. Lauren is open about her challenges growing up and how she moved beyond them to find her love for math, which ultimately led her to consider a career in engineering. Lauren also shares her challenges in finding her place in a male-dominated industry and the importance of seeking employment with a company that fosters a culture in supporting women. Katie Fur and Madison unpack the important topic of company culture with Lauren and gain her insight about how to identify great culture and how to handle those cultural challenges when they do rise up. Lauren shines a spotlight on the mentors in her life and how rewarding a career in engineering can be. Lauren is so honest and she is passionate about sharing her story with middle school and high school students and we are grateful to have her as part of our STEM Blazers community. I hope you enjoy their conversation. Hi everyone, I'm Madison and I'm a STEM Blazers alum. STEM Blazers has given me countless opportunities and limitless encouragement to develop my confidence and professional relationships. Now I volunteer with STEM Blazers as I pursue my college degree. Hello, I am Katie Fur. I was in the South Metro chapter for the school year 2019 to 2020. I am now volunteering for STEM Blazers as a take a gap year. Hi Lauren, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. Okay, let's get it started. For the first question, how would you describe your upbringing and your relationship with school? What kind of a challenges did you face in school? So um, I kind of had a non-conventional, um, I would say, upbringing. I, I think the longest place I've ever lived was five years. So I was constantly moving with my family, um, which meant to jump from school to school. So my elementary school was in a different location than my middle school. And then I went to two separate high schools. Obviously, um, that can impose some challenges when going through all those changes um, when you're that young. And so you really had to grasp onto your like study material and all of that Mm -hmm. um, to keep yourself on track, which is really hard. (laughs) But um, I mean, there was a couple challenges. Um, Mostly, I actually grew up um, with a speech impediment and I had a lot of memory issues growing up. So I had to kind of overcome that when I made the transition from middle school to high school. And then once I kind of got myself on track there, I started focusing obviously more on what did I want to do when I grew up. So basically, um, that was kind of challenging. And then obviously moving during the downturn of the economy imposed some new challenges where um, I went to a brand new school. They did not have the same opportunities at my second high school and kind of had to ultimately make a decision for the best for my career and my future. I needed to start college early. And that was a good way to afford it, as well as um, meet my ultimate goal, which was becoming a civil engineer. So you talked about um, when when you switched schools, um, it was the economic downturn. And you said that um, or you had indicated that you had worked with your dad or shadowed your dad while he was um, working. So can you talk about what your dad did and um, what you did when you shadowed him? Yeah, of course. So that was my first exposure to sort of what uh, civil engineering and architecture was. Um, My dad has always been an entrepreneur and he thought one day, hey, I'm going to buy up some property and I'm going to develop it and I'm going to put some uh, single family homes on there. 
And um, he knew early on that I liked doing a lot of layouts. I used to take, he had like a whole thing of pennies, like I would say 200 pennies and I'd lay them out on the floor and just for fun lay out sites. Like I would imagine there'd be homes and I don't know, I just kind of found that fun. So he helped me kind of lay out the lots and where the houses were going to be and where the driveways were going to be and the roads. And so I got to kind of see that all on paper for the first time. And I loved going to visit that site with him and walk it as the construction progressed. Um, And then, yeah, I got to kind of help uh, design the front entrance to the neighborhood. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got my first foot in the door. That's super cool. (laughs) And then how old were you? Uh, I think I was... I was 15. I was 15 years old. Oh, wow. So that's a really good, like, first experience, really young, being exposed to that. Yeah, definitely. So at what point did you realize that civil engineering was a career path you wanted to take? And as someone interested in civil engineering, um, are there any tips that you have for girls and I? Yeah. For other girls and I, I mean. Yeah, of course. Um, So I didn't know I wanted to be a civil engineer actually until I was a freshman in college. I always kind of followed an architectural like path. I wanted to be an architect. Me too. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, because I feel like everyone knows what an architect does, or at least you can visualize it for people, or especially women. We don't. I didn't know what a civil engineer was. Even doing that side visit with my dad, I had not a clue. Like honestly, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I guess what happened was that I had a lot of. Um, what would we call those classes? A lot of design classes, shop yeah. um, classes where I would just draw forever. And I was good at it. It wasn't like I was bad at it, but I just felt like I wanted to do something a little bit more than just drawing pretty pictures. Like I loved that, but I, I really excelled in my math courses and I really excelled in my science courses. And I was like, I should do something with this. And then that's when I was like switched my major over to civil engineering, like after my first semester in college. And then um, I guess if I had any recommendations, um, to kind of figure out like what, or like for any civil engineers or future civil engineers, I would definitely internship for sure. Because civil engineering is extremely vast. There are so many disciplines within civil engineering that it can seem overwhelming. Um, So to truly understand what you want to do with civil engineering, getting that work experience or some form of exposure um, is very helpful, whether you're doing multiple walkthroughs or you're, you're getting a job or a part-time job with a company. Um, for example, land development, a lot of civil engineers, you don't hear about it in college, actually. You'll hear about transportation civil engineers, you'll hear about structural engineers and environmental and water resources. And then my question was always, where's the land development? How do I learn what to do with this? Like, I don't know what to do. Um, so obviously, my work experience helped me gain a better sense of understanding, as well as like a confirmation of this is what I want to do. So that's what I would recommend. Thank you. What kind of challenges have you faced so far in your career working as an engineer? And that can be um, however broad or narrow as you'd want to interpret that question. Yeah, of course. So some challenges I faced at the very beginning, um, obviously, I had a little bit of a shock going from college to the workforce. I mean, you go from school and you're studying for sometimes eight hours a day and you're going back and forth between classes and you're sleeping whenever you can sleep to having such a consistent schedule, it kind of felt weird. (laughs) So I had that, like, I think six months in, I definitely had a shock of like, wow, this is the rest of my life. Um, But it's okay. It's just, it was a lot. It's a huge learning curve, you know, go from learning everything in school. And then now you're here 
And there's so much to learn. You think you've, I mean, I didn't think I knew it all, but I thought I knew a lot. (laughs) Um, But I think that was challenging. And then just learning how to do simple things like filling out a time card. I actually really didn't understand what I could or could not put on these things. The things that they don't teach you in school, but on the engineering side, and if I'm getting like real, like real, I'd had struggled at the beginning um, with it being a male dominated field. I feel that it could easily become um, a good old, a good old boy network and, the conversations that would take place, I just, they, they weren't comfortable. And I really struggled with that. And I think another recommendation I would make for any young, um, young professional, especially women is to really like, I know you want your foot in the door, really try to focus on finding a great company company that's going to stand up for you and stick up for you and support you. And you can automatically see that when you're interviewing, if they really genuinely care about uplifting you. And so that was my kind of first, not mistake, but like I just wanted my foot in the door. It was so hard finding a job out of college for me. Um, but once I was in, I was in. But yes, there were some conversations that I wish that did not take place. And I think that's why it's important to have um, ind- like individuals like yourself and STEM blazers to kind of help blaze that path for all the other future engineers. Going off of what you said about um, the work environment, I recently read an article talking about why there's so many few women in STEM fields. And one of the factors that really like discourages women in like engineering fields or any STEM field was the work environment. What other factors can discourage girls and women interested in engineering? And if you, like you said, you experienced that, how did you overcome that? Yeah, um, honestly, I think it's it can seem like a lot at first. Obviously, yes, it being a male-dominated field is a huge, huge, huge factor um, just because, I mean, it's just like hanging out with a bunch of men. (laughs) So now they're a lot older and it can get interesting for sure. But I think also what turns them off from it is it's just, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of hard work and having it be male-dominated, just it just makes it really intimidating, I would think. I was intimidated from the start, my first engineering class, I was like, I think four girls out of like 36 men in my class. And that was my first engineering class in college. And I was in high school. (laughs) I was intimidated for sure. But um, how to overcome things like that? I mean, obviously take a minute for yourself, walk away from the situation is always kind of what I've lived by. Um, I I also live by never let them see you cry. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... This doesn't happen that often anymore, but I would say when I was starting my first internship and I was 19 years old, that was, um, gosh, what year was that? 2013. Um, it was, it was difficult because I was definitely uncomfortable, but I felt like I had to be respectful and just keep my mouth shut and you just got to push through and hopefully everything gets better and it does get better. Then that's why I feel very lucky to be at a company like core consultants. I actually had to leave them recently Um, but I came back because of their company culture, because of the support. So, um, and how I feel equal and my voice is heard. And I think that's very important. Do you think that it's a matter of like changing how women view the engineering field? Do you think it's a matter of individual companies fixing their cultures? Or do you think that it's a matter of individual women fixing their confidence going into maybe more difficult companies that aren't as accepting? 
Those are great questions. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Going off of Madison's question, but also does it have to do with men, like the way that they view other women in those engineering classes and in the engineering fields? So I want to say it's a little bit of everything. So mm -hmm. um, going off of, yes, the companies, they need to not just say, oh, we want more diversity. We want to support women. They actually need to make the effort. They need to show the effort. Not just, I, I'm also a huge believer in you actions speak louder than words, honestly. Yes. And so if you can find a company where their actions are speaking louder than their words, it'll that's that's where you want to be. But obviously, we we have to, as women, kind of, we do have to blaze through some of these other companies that are not as accepting. There's a lot of individuals from what I've seen that have been in their positions for over 40-something years, and they're, they call themselves old school. And it's a good old boy <laughs> network. And it's I just wish you could easily change or help someone see a different way and their views and what can and should not be said to other individuals such as women in the mm -hmm. workforce, but they're a little bit harder to reach. But I think it's going to take a group of us to kind of persuade and just educate them on like what we can bring to the table. I think that's ultimately important. And then revisiting on the topic of confidence. Confidence is a hard one. I've been through a few trainings on confidence and some days like I can be very confident and then some days I'm not and that's okay. And I don't think anyone's perfect to the sense where they have to be confident 100%, but it, it does take confidence to be in this field. It really does. And it's not just civil engineering, it's aerospace, it's computer science. And you try not to get wrapped up in your head about it. You just, you got to keep your head down. You got to keep doing what's right for you and for your company and just stand tall through it all. Thank you, Lauren, for answering those first few questions. We will now take a quick break and then come back for some more. Hi, it's Wendy. Are you enjoying the STEM Blazers podcast? We would love to have you rate and review this podcast and help us grow our audience to reach more listeners. Another great way you can support us is to get your STEM Blazers podcast swag. It's so cool. Just go to www.stemblazers.org select store at the top and you can get your mug beanie or sticker for our listeners use discount code stemfree21 for free shipping that's s-t-e-m-f-r-e-e-2-1 -E thank you for helping us spread the word and supporting this podcast lauren who has helped you along the way and who do you have as a mentor Okay, so who has helped me along the way? I feel like there's more than one person. Um, since I did go to a lot of different schools, it really was my friends that uplifted me. And then some of my professors, actually. Um, a lot of my teachers in high school, my Algebra 2 teacher, out of all, an Algebra 1 teacher in high school was truly who got me on the path of engineering and started heading me that direction. He just inspired me so much. Um, but yeah, my friends supported me through all of it. So, um, and then, you know, my aunt, I have an, a really nice aunt who has been like a second mother to me, honestly. She was always the one to pick up the phone whenever I was having a bad day or I couldn't figure out something or I bombed <laughs> like an exam. <laughs> I thought I did at least, like I did terrible, but turns out I did okay, but she still let me cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some rewarding parts of working as a land development civil engineer? 
Oh my gosh. One of my favorite things in the world is seeing your designs built and finally constructed. And it's, it's super rewarding because you can stand on them. I can walk up on a road that I, I designed and I spent a year on, or I can see people living in their new homes and being super happy. And I love driving through neighborhoods that I, I've completed because you just see families out there and it, you just know that you have put in the time to make sure that they had like a nice home and everything was going to be okay. So that's really rewarding for me. Now you volunteer with STEM Blazers. What made you want to volunteer and how do you see STEM Blazers making a difference? So I wanted to participate with and volunteer with uh, STEM Blazers just because I felt like going through school, I, I wanted to give back in some way and I wanted to inspire other uh, future female engineers because there wasn't that many. And I truly felt like I would have loved to have more women like around me and supporting me through my career development, but I would love to support them. So, and I want to show them that it's, it, anyone can do this, honestly. It, it's like, we can do this. So the way I see STEM Blazers making a difference is obviously continuing what they're doing now because they're doing great, but um, going <laughs> to schools and meeting with uh, some of these girls in their chapters and bringing in other female engineers so they can kind of get that exposure on what, like, what does a biomedical engineer do? What does a chemical engineer do? What does a petroleum engineer do? But having someone that like looks like them and has been through all this already to kind of show them step by step, like, this is what you need to do. This is how, where I see you can succeed in um, and kind of paint that path from the, for them. But yeah, the, the hands-on experience and the exposure is fantastic and is very enlightening. So Kudos to STEM Blazers. I think it's incredible what y'all do. Um, what are some of the goals that you have in your current position? And those could be social, personal, whatever you, however you want to answer that. Yeah, of course. Um, so I love that question. So, cause it makes me excited for the future. I'm always excited for what's next. Um, but where I'm at in my career right now, this is the year after 10 years of starting this career, my journey, I get to finally sit for my professional engineering exam, which makes me licensed um, in the state of Colorado or any state really in the United States. And it's a huge accomplishment because no one has to really review your plans anymore. You're basically trusted that you're going to um, basically look out for people in the world and, and contribute with your design. So I think it's, it's extremely rewarding. So I sit for that exam that's on my list. And then I'm sitting for another certification that's for, um, it's basically a certified flood manager. So I'm going to kind of get into drainage engineering and understand flood, uh, floodplain modifications. That's a mouthful, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but stuff like that. And I guess on a personal side, uh, I'm 28 now and, um, my husband's about to deploy any day now, so I'm actually moving back to Colorado, but I look forward to him coming back and then hopefully one day starting a family pretty soon. So that's kind of my personal goal. <laughs> that's super great. That seems like a lot of good things coming. I'm excited. Uh, okay, now it is time for the rapid fire question round. I will ask you a series of questions and you will answer them as fast as you can. Are you ready? Okay, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> Where is your favorite place that you have lived? Oh, wow. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. <laughs> what was your favorite class? Uh, Calc 1. What are three things you cannot live without? Uh, my calculator, for sure. Um, a hairbrush. 
because my hair is wild. Um, and I don't know. I'm going to say this is horrible. I can't live without my phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you prefer hot weather or cold weather? Oh, I go back and forth on that one. Um, can I can I say both? Uh, I I say hot weather, but I'm saying I'm moving to Colorado, back to Colorado, and that doesn't help my case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what type of environment do you like to work in? Fast paced for sure. Like minded individuals, um, supportive. That's the kind. Nice. Describe yourself in three words. Resilient, uh, bold, <laughs> outspoken. If you could be on a TV show, which one would you be on? Oh my gosh! Oh, I haven't watched I haven't watched TV in a while. So um, <laughs> honestly, I feel like I could be on a reality TV show at this point. Honestly, I don't watch a lot of TV, so I'm not. Sure. <laughs> okay. If you could go to Mars, would you? Oh heck yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a morning person or a night person? Morning person, for sure. All right, and then lastly, this is a question that we ask all of our guests. Standing where you are now, what advice would you give to your high school self? Uh, keep your heads down. Keep your head down and push through. Um, and do not get discouraged because you're going to be okay and everything's going to be all right. So that's what I would say. <laughs> thank you so much, Lauren. On behalf of STEM Blazers, I want to thank you for joining us today, and thank you for volunteering with STEM Blazers. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on this episode of the STEM Blazers podcast. Next week, we will be speaking with a new professional. To learn more about STEM Blazers, to donate or to get involved, please visit us at stemblazers.org or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at STEM Blazers. Stem Blazers.